You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Cleveland Clinic. Access the number one care in Ohio anytime, anywhere. By Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By KeyBank, the banking home of the Cleveland Indians. everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, where the Indians are taking on the Houston Astros. It was an outstanding series in Cleveland when these two top ball clubs met back in late April at Progressive Field. And we look for more of the same this weekend here. It certainly was Friday night in a 5-3 to three Tribe victory over the Astros to get the series started. Two more games to come Saturday and Sunday afternoons. So we hope you can tune in on the Indians Radio Network for all the action from here at Minute Maid Park. Coming up on this week's show, we'll be joined by Jason Kipnis, who has suddenly become red hot at the plate. A career game for him last Sunday with a pair of home runs and four runs driven in. Also on this week's show, Indians relief pitcher Zach McAllister, another key cog in the best bullpen in baseball. And we'll also take a look back and hear from Bradley Zimmer on his first week in the major leagues. It's been a roller coaster as expected, but uh, he has performed quite well in center field for the Indians. And we'll also have our weekly farm report from James Harris, the Indians director of player development. But when we return, it's a look at the week gone by as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas this weekend where the Indians are taking on the Astros who came into play this weekend with the Major League's best record at 29-12. and 12. Indians with a nice win on Friday night. We'll get to that shortly, but taking a look at the week gone by, we start on Mother's Day Sunday back home. Progressive field, the Indians and the Minnesota Twins. The Indians trying to salvage the finale of that series after dropping the first two, and they got it going in quick order after Terry Francona, tribe manager, had made some adjustments to his lineup for that day, moving Jason Kipnis to the leadoff spot. Desired results in the very first inning for Kipnis. Kipnis batting 346 lifetime against fellow left-hander Hector Santiago. The line, the pitch. A swing and a high drive. Deep center field. Buxton back. Track leaps at the wall. It is gone. Jason Kipnis makes Tito Francona look like a genius. Leading off with a leadoff home run to center. And the Indians have a 1-0 lead. 
in inning number one, and Kipnis with his first home run of the year. Another change to the roster for the Indians with the disabled list in use. The Indians needed outfield help, so Daniel Robertson was called up from AAA Columbus, and also in that first inning, he would get an opportunity to contribute. Count two balls, two strikes, now a runner at second, nobody out. Santiago's pitch, swung on, bang, back up the middle, towards center field, diving as Polanco kicks off his glove, rolls into center for a base hit, coming home to scores, Ramirez. How about that at bat? Daniel Robertson, in his first at bat as an Indian, bangs an RBI single back up the middle to put the Tribe on top, two to nothing. Well, that's how to quickly win friends and influence people. Then in the second, the Indians continued to attack with the long ball. This time it was Lonnie Chisenhall. The pitch swung out and blasted. Deep center field. Goodbye. Lonnie Chisenhall with a towering two-run home run to the right of straightaway center. And the Indians putting the left-handed hitters in the lineup today. And boy, is it paying off. Chisinau's third bomb. He has 16 RBIs, and the Indians have a 4-0 lead. And in the third, Carlos Santana joined in. Shift is on to the left. Santana with a drive to deep left field. It is gone. A line drive home run to the bleachers and left. The Indians have gone deep three times today. Santana has his fourth home run of the year, and it's a 5-0 Indians lead. Boy, this new lineup looks marvelous. Still in the third inning, Jason Kipnis continued what was shaping up to be a huge day at the plate. Boy, Kipnis really looks to have kind of found himself here today. Obviously, the homer and single help, but here he is not chasing not getting greedy, and he's in a hitter's count at three and one. The pitch. Swung on, hit pretty well to right. It's got a chance. It is gone. Oh, Jason Kipnis is back. A two-out, three-run home run to right. And the Indians have blown it wide open. They lead eight to nothing. Meanwhile, on the mound, Trevor Bauer, looking to get his season turned around, was pitching strong into the sixth. Bauer from the set. Here's the 2-2. Strike three called. Painted the outside corner at 95 miles an hour. Pitch number 103 may have been Bauer's last, but it was a good one. And he's given the Indians six strong innings today, striking out seven. And in an unsafe situation, Cody Allen finished things up in the ninth. The pitch swung on, tapper to the mound. Allen gloves, throws to first, ball game. And on this Mother's Day, the Indians dominate the Minnesota Twins by a final score of 8-3 to three and pull back to within a game of first. And the new lineup responded.
So the Indians had an 8-3 win over the Twins last Sunday. Then it was on to Monday. New opponent for the Tribe at Progressive Field, the Tampa Bay Rays in town. And in what turned out to be a wild game, the Rays grabbed an early lead, one nothing in the top half of the first inning. But the Indians came right back and answered in the bottom half of the first, thanks to Carlos Santana. Now the 1-1 to Santana. A swing and a line shot to left center. It's a gapper. It'll get down. It'll get cut off near the track by Kiermeyer. He'll hold Santana to a long single. Scoring the tying run is Lindor. Racing to third is Brantley. So Santana went up and got a pitch and whacked it into left center. And it's an RBI single to tie this ballgame at one apiece. Still in the first inning, Edwin Encarnacion drove in a run with a ground out to give the Indians a 2-1 to lead. And then Lonnie Chisenhall came through once again. The pitch swung on, hit high, deep to right. Souza, track, wall, gone! Lonnie Chisenhall unloads a two-out, towering three-run home run to right. And the Indians have really made Archer pay. Five-nothing Indians. Chisenhall with four home runs, 19 RBIs. And Archer walking three this inning, and all three have scored. Third inning, 6-3 Tribe. Jan Gomes came to the plate, and the Indians padded their lead. The 2-0. Swung on, hit a ton. Deep left center field. On the run is Rasmus looking up. Ball hits high off the 19-foot wall for extra bases. Around third, flying home is Ramirez. Jan Gomes with a stand-up RBI double. Indians up 7-3. to three, And Chris Archer continues to pay for the walks. Tampa Bay wouldn't go away, though, as they battled back to make it a one-run ball game at 7-6 to six Indians. But in the bottom half of the eighth inning, Francisco Lindor would come up big with what proved to be a huge run. It swung on and hammered. Deep right, away, back and gone. Francisco Lindor. And that gives the Indians a little breathing room. Frankie Lindor's hit a team-high nine home runs. And the Indians lead it eight to six. Francisco Lindor, nine homers, 21 RBIs, and that's a big one. That steals away some of the momentum that Tampa Bay had garnered over the last few innings. And that insurance run came into play as Cody Allen finally gave up a run as the Indians' closer, but still got the job done in the end. Allen's next offering. Swung on, popped him up. First base side foul. Santana near the dugout, leans in. He made the catch! Ball game! Santana leaning over the railing of that photo bay area. Catches the foul ball off the bat of Derek Norris. And the Indians have won again. A wild one here tonight. And the Indians prevail by a final score of 8-7. to seven. On Tuesday, Tampa Bay came away with a 6-4 to four win on a night where the Indians saw the debut of their top prospect, Bradley Zimmer, called up from AAA Columbus. Not the best of debuts for Zimmer as he went 0-3 with three strikeouts. 
But that was just a preview for what was to come the next afternoon. Wednesday afternoon, a 7-4 Rays win. But Zimmer would settle in and show what he had been showing in the minor leagues much of his pro career so far. Zimmer is 6-5, really spread out at the plate. And about as open a stance as you'll see. He lays that bat on his back shoulder. Now the pitch to him from Alex Cobb. Swung on, hit pretty well. Deep left field. Dickerson back this ball off the top of the 19-foot wall. Bradley Zimmer in standing with his first major league hit. And RBI double the other way. Chisinau scores. The Indians trail at 6-1. to one, And that baseball... We'll head to the Indians' dugout, and they're on their feet at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Lonnie Chisinau scored with ease, and Zimmer pummeled that ball the other way, high off the 19-foot wall in left. Well, that's a way to calm the butterflies. That was a great-looking swing and a good at-bat. Zimmer just looked much calmer in that at-bat than maybe last night, when obviously he was going to be a little jumpy. And the parents and grandma are here to see it. What a moment for the family. The 0-1 pitch to Bradley Zimmer from Alex Colomay. Swung on. This is hammered. Deep right center field. It is gone. How about that? Bradley Zimmer with a line drive homer over the wall in right center field. His first major league hit and RBI in the third. His first major league homer here in the ninth. Hey, Bradley, get rid of that apartment in Columbus. Wow. And after the game, despite the loss, Simmer talked about what proved to be a big day for him, just his second day in the major leagues. How much better did you just feel or more relaxed did you feel today compared to yesterday? Oh, it was nine day. I think, you know, after I, I hit the double in the first inning, I was able to kind of take a step back and and uh, relax. You know, just getting that first one out of the way is huge. And, uh, you know, I had some, some good at-bats the rest of the day and had a couple of good swings, so it's a good day. That's Indians rookie outfielder Bradley Zimmer. Certainly impressive in a very small sample size so far, but it'll be interesting to see how he fares as he gets a nice opportunity to play on an everyday basis here at the major league level to start his major league career. So Thursday off day on to Houston for a Friday night contest against the major league's best record, the Houston Astros. And the Indians would come up big, falling behind early 2-0 with Trevor Bauer on the mound, but Edwin Encarnacion in the fourth inning changed the complexion of the ball game. Here's his pitch. Breaking ball swung on and blasted deep left field, way back, gone. A line drive just above that 19-foot high wall down the left field line. And with one swing, Encarnacion has tied this game at two. Then in the fifth, that home run power continued for the Indians as Kipnis continued his hot stretch. Here's the 3-2 pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field, way back. Home run, Kipnis. And the Indians are in front 3-2. Jason Kipnis stays hot as a firecracker of late. That's his third home run. Now with 13 runs driven in. And the Indians are in front for the first time tonight.
Meanwhile, Trevor Bauer was cruising along on the mound, his second straight strong outing, and he was racking up the strikeouts. Now Bauer into the wind. Here comes his pitch. Breaking ball, swung on and missed strike three. Another strikeout for Bauer, his ninth, and for a second straight inning, he retires the side in order. Indians leading by a run in the sixth inning. Lonnie Chisenhall will continue what has been a strong start to his season. Chisenhall sends a drive deep right field. It's got a chance. Gone! Lonnie Chisenhall has hit the Indians' third home run. A towering blast to the deepest parts of the lower deck in right. That's number five for Lonnie Chisenhall, and the Indians now lead it 4-2. to two. And all of the Indians' runs have come via the long ball tonight. With the Indians in front, Bauer turned things over to the bullpen, and Brian Shaw was lights out once again in the seventh. Here's the one-two. Check swing, did he go? Strike three, call! Didn't matter. Springer puts his hands on his batting helmet, arguing with Jim Reynolds. And Shaw gets his first strikeout and a one-two-three seventh inning. Then it was Andrew Miller cruising through the eighth inning. Miller, boy, looking free and easy tonight. The pitch swung on rifle to right, but Chisenhall toward the line makes the chest-high catch. Andrew Miller zips through a 1-2-3 eighth inning, and the Indians maintain a 5-3 lead on the Astros going to the ninth. And Cody Allen closed it out in the ninth. Cody Allen rocks into his delivery. And the Indians closer dealing. And Guriel lines one to center. Zimmer coming on. Makes the shoulder high catch. Ball game. So the Indians start this five game road trip with an impressive five to three win in Houston. And the Indians are now three and one this year against the best team in baseball. So an impressive win for the Tribe, and they'll try and keep it going over the weekend here in Houston. A 4-10 first pitch on Saturday late afternoon, if you're hearing this prior to that ball game, and then a game on Sunday as well to close out the series with the Astros. A 2-10 first pitch from Minute Maid Park. Then it's on to Cincinnati to start the annual series with the Reds. Two in Cincinnati Monday and Tuesday nights, and then back to Cleveland and Progressive Field Wednesday night and Thursday night. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indian second baseman Jason Kipnis, who after a slow start is on a hot stretch and flashing some of that all-star form. That's coming up shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Minute Maid Park in Houston, where the Indians are taking on the Houston Astros, completing their season series with Houston but certainly a general consensus around Major League Baseball is that there is a strong possibility that these two teams could meet in postseason. Obviously a long, long way to go, but the Indians have those aspirations to get back to postseason, and the Astros, well, they're off to a tremendous start, came into the series with Major League Baseball's best record. Now a big help for the Tribe offensively this week has been the hitting of Jason Kipnis, their all-star second baseman, who's coming off his most consistent and best year at the plate a season ago. But a slow start in spring training hampered by a shoulder issue limited Kipnis to only five at-bats over two games the whole time the team was in Goodyear. Had to start the season on the disabled list. A rehab assignment followed, and a slow start once he reached the big club 
was part of the season so far for Jason Kipnis. Well, that all turned around on Sunday afternoon, Mother's Day Sunday afternoon, with his family in attendance, his mom and dad in from Chicago, and Kipnis had a career day with two home runs and four runs driven in, newly inserted into the leadoff spot. And when we had a chance to catch up with Kip on Monday, he talked about how things were starting to come around and the plate appearances were getting better and better even before Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, the swing was coming around. The ABs were getting better. Um, just hadn't finished them off the way I like to. I was starting to see pitches better and barrel stuff up. The problem was before I was couldn't keep them fair. I started getting a lot of souvenirs down the right field line. And uh, so we'll work on just trying to stay up the middle. It led to some good swings yesterday. And very limited in spring training. What, what's been the biggest challenge not having that under your belt to, to try and get it going as quickly as possible? Uh, playing catch up a little bit in the big leagues is a challenge. It's um, you, People say, well, um, you have a success in spring. Guys have success in spring training, but they're not doing it versus guys are just throwing fastballs over or some minor league pitchers. I'm against big league pitchers right now and trying to uh, play catch up here, but um, they get me ready faster. I'm facing, I know what I'm going to be seeing. It's, uh, so I'm seeing everything right away, and it, it almost uh, benefits me because then once I do kind of hopefully get locked in, that uh, I pick up right where I left off, hopefully. And the leadoff spot, is that something that that can get you going a little bit more quickly than, than being where you were? I hope so. Um, it'd be nice if it does. Uh the leadoff spot, I think our lineup is a unique one where we have a bunch of different guys who could fit into different roles. I think we have about three or four three hitters, two four hitters. Like, I mean, we have guys who literally can beat bat anywhere in the lineup. So I think the the roles kind of get diminished here on what the definition of a leadoff hitter is. I and mean, we've had Santana in there for a while. So um, my job is the same thing that his job was, kind of set the table, have a good at bat, um, make the pitcher work right out the gate. And uh, if that locks me in, all the more better. And you've had success there in the past, and is that what it is, just getting locked in a little bit more quickly that, that can get you going? It could be. I think, uh, yeah, maybe from the first inning on when you're already knowing you're going to hit in the first inning and you get the blood going a little bit more than uh, kind of waiting around or something to see if you're going to hit that inning. And uh, you might get a nice first pitch fastball you might get for the game. It might be one of the only pitches you know that's coming. And uh, other than that, though, there's not too much difference once the game starts. Jason Kipnis joining us, trapped second baseman with a, a huge game yesterday. Team-wise, uh, kind of an uneven start, but the team's over 500, and, and right there in terms of the division, a lot of talk about you know, how do you handle going deep in the postseason, and you see other teams that, that struggle with it, other teams do okay with it. How do you see this team doing and developing here as the season moves on? Uh, you know what? I don't think uh, we'll be the first ones to tell you we haven't played exactly how we wanted to out the gates. Um, that being said, it shows how good of a team we still are to have the record we do it right now even not playing too well um so i think we'll get better as the year goes on i think we'll kind of mesh and everyone will pick up and um it's just such a long season you you'd, you'd love to be 20 and 5 in the first 25 because you think you're capable of that but it just this game doesn't work that way and things can go wrong and guys don't play up to the level i know i haven't been for a while and um but I think in the end, over how long the season is, the better teams usually come out ahead and I think finally gain their footing as the season goes on. And there's some different personnel for, for every team every season. Is that part of the fun, too, about just trying to figure out who does what well and, and blending together as a team and, and taking the time to let it do that? Of course. I mean, with new guys like Eddie and uh, Austin and a couple of Boone, there's guys that uh, we, we, we were excited to bring in at the beginning of this year that are filling in these holes, but... 
the problem is that some we're, we're creating more holes now, <laughs> and they, they even can't fill. I know that I've been doing that, and uh, no, but we 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 have a lot of the similar familiar faces too, though. So I think we're uh, we'll we'll lock it back in hopefully here soon. I think uh, guys are still worried about just working on themselves. I think once we get back into the the, the second half team baseball, you see a lot more of that going on. Uh, I think that's where we are one of the better teams around. Jason, thanks for coming by. Thank you. That's Jason Kipnis, and uh, look for him to remain in that leadoff spot as he has found a home up there, as he has done in the past. And the Indians certainly trying to kickstart that offense. And with Kipnis swinging the bat well at the top of the lineup, well, they could be in very good shape as the season moves on. When we come back, we will hear from Zach McAllister, Indians reliever, part of the top bullpen in Major League Baseball. That's next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you from Minute Maid Park in Houston, the retractable roof ballpark that, uh, well, keeps the rain out, obviously, but on a hot, humid night, which they have plenty of those in the summertime here in Houston, Texas, they have air-conditioned comfort for their fans, so really a nice ballpark and with the grass playing surface, it still feels sometimes like you're in an outdoor ballpark and you stay away from that sterile feeling that some of the, the indoor ballparks have. Out of the Indians' bullpen this season, Zach McAllister has been a big key as his career has taken a turn on the upswing really late last season. And at times over the course of his time in the bullpen, he has been dominant. Just not the good consistency, but this year, armed with an improved curveball, better velocity, things really coming together for McAllister as he's part of that top bullpen in Major League Baseball by a bunch. The Indians easily with the lowest ERA bullpen-wise in the big leagues, under two heading into play on Saturday. And McAllister, a big part of that, his earned run average, just a shade over one. So outstanding work by McAllister, and he says he's pleased with how the season has gone so far. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, for the most part, it's just something where you have to be prepared every single day, especially in the bullpen, and uh, knowing that there's a chance that you can get in there and uh, contribute. And I think that's what makes being in the bullpen so much fun is you have that opportunity to compete every single day and a uh, just being able to be prepared mentally and physically and uh, I think it's it's paid off for me you mentioned fun and I remember when you first went to the bullpen I, I think you still wanted to be a starter maybe you still do but uh, are you kind of embracing it now oh yeah I think I mean I embraced it from the beginning it's just something where it's a it's a change it's something that I've never done before at, at that time and uh, now I've done it for the last couple of years and uh, I enjoy it I mean the guys down there are great we're a very close-knit group of group of friends and uh we all want to help each other out and be real with each other if uh if we're struggling we're going to let each other know and try to find ways to help each other out for going good we're going to let them know hey that was that was a really good pitch you made right there in that situation i think that's uh what makes us good down there is that we're we're real with each other we're not we're not going to sugarcoat it we're going to tell it how it is and i think that's what makes a a good bullpen even better is uh we do that but plus everyone down there has tremendous arms as well i think that's uh that's the kicker for all of it Stuff-wise, you have that mid-90s fastball, but you were searching for it in spring training. Explain what was going on there and, and why you couldn't find it till the, the very end. Uh, for me, I think I made some adjustments uh, this past winter in the offseason to try to really work on my direction and uh, have my finish be towards home plate and not so much towards first base and falling off and being able to command the ball a little bit better and uh, move my hands forward more towards my front shoulder 
and uh, I thought it definitely helped with my direction and helped me stay online and uh, be consistent with that. But for me, it was something where I knew that if, if I didn't have the velocity when I needed it, that I was going to have to go back to what I was doing before. And that's kind of the case. It was uh, velocity wasn't there for me during the spring. And uh, like I said, I know I need velocity to, to be where I am and uh, went right back to it. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have uh, the velocity right away. It was something where uh, I was able to maintain the work that I put in the offseason as far as the direction because I knew the feeling I had to have to finish towards home plate and not towards first base. So even though I didn't stick with the, the changes, the, the changes were instilled throughout my body with kind of how I feel with uh, when I'm out there on the mound. A lot of pitchers, players talk about the length of spring training. It was longer this year because of the WBC. Did you need that, that extra time? Was it helpful in the end when you look back on it? Uh, yeah, I don't think it definitely didn't hurt me. I don't think. I think that a uh, if I knew it was going to be shorter, I probably would have I would have made the adjustment even even sooner just for for that that aspect of it. But no, it's uh, it definitely didn't hurt me. I was glad I was able to kind of get the work that I needed to during spring and try to be as consistent as I could with my direction because I know when I'm able to be successful, all my pitches look like strikes and they're over the heart of the plate, and then hopefully they either go one way or another at, at the very end. Zach McAllister joining us, Indians reliever. You mentioned pitches, and uh, the curveball has really come to the forefront here. I know dating back to last season a little bit. When you're trying to find that good breaking pitch, where does it come from, and why did it finally kick in for you on a real consistent basis? Uh, I think for me it's just I've stuck with a consistent grip and uh, consistent mentality when I want to throw it. I'm not trying to flip it in there and throw it for a strike or necessarily locate it perfectly but I do have a couple of key points that I try to maintain where I want to throw one for a strike and throw one for hopefully a swing and miss but the intent behind it is always power I always want to throw it as hard as I can and a, uh, try to create that, that arm speed with it and uh, I've been a, I've been fortunate enough lately to where it's, uh, it's become a little bit more consistent for me and able to, able to use it in some different situations where I can't throw it for a strike early in the count and have been able to get some swing and misses as well with it. And so when I'm able to do that, it just makes my fastball even even better, which definitely helps me out. Well, Zach, nice going on a, a solid start for you. Thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Indians relief pitcher Zach McAllister, part of a top-notch Indians bullpen and a bullpen that has been a big key to the Indians staying above the 500 mark here early in the season while other areas of their game they're still trying to, to piece together on a consistent basis. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will take a look back at the week gone by for Bradley Zimmer, the Indians' top prospect who got the call to the major leagues and has had some exciting moments so far in just three games played. That's coming up next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. one pitch to Bradley Simmer. Swung on, this is hammered. Deep right center field. It is gone! How about that? Bradley Simmer with a line drive homer over the wall in right center field. Wow. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We're at Minute Maid Park this weekend. Jim Rosenhouse along with you for our final segment as we take a look back in the week that was for Bradley Zimmer, the Indians' top prospect who was called up from AAA Columbus in time for Tuesday's game. The injury bug biting the Indians once again, especially in the outfield. Brandon Geyer going on the disabled list late last week. Then Abraham Almonte 
also on the disabled list now as he went on early in the day on Tuesday. Tyler Naquin, who had been with the Indians, well, he's on the DL down at Columbus with a back issue. So the Indians short on outfielders. So they turned to Bradley Zimmer, their number one prospect, who had a tremendous spring training in Major League Camp and was off to a good start, especially hot at AAA Columbus the last week to ten days. And when we had a chance to visit with him before his first game in the big leagues, he talked about that special moment of being called up to the major leagues for the first time. Uh, so I found out late last night. Um, you know, I had the day off yesterday, actually, and then I uh, was in the ice bath after the game by myself after everyone kind of cleared out. Actually, I wasn't by myself. I was sitting there with one of our teammates just kind of talking, and uh, our uh, trainer came in and said, you know, manager wants to see you. So I went down the hall and, and, you know, went in there soaking wet in my towel and my sandals and uh, shook his hand. He said, you know, congratulations, you're going to the big leagues. How long did it take to sink in that, that he wasn't just fooling around because sometimes you hear stories? Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty surreal. I mean, like I said earlier, it, it's one of those things that it's hard to describe, you know, the feeling, um, you know, when it, it happens. Uh, just because, you know, you dream of it every night before you go to sleep. Um, but it was... It's a moment that I'll never forget, and, and uh, it, I mean, it was incredible. I know when you went to spring training, you had mentioned a couple of times you wanted to try and make the club out of spring training. didn't work out at the time, but what did you take from your time in Major League Camp that, that helped you early in the season? Just you know, I, everything I worked on, everything, um, you know, I, I did well. I, I didn't do well um, in spring training. Um, just building off that, um, you know, things I did well, I continue to, to work at and improve things I didn't do well. I know when I had my meeting with Tito, we kind of um, sat down and, and, you know, talked about my spring good, bad, um, and things that I should work on and, and strive towards. So I think, it, you know, it was, it was definitely a lot of stuff that was beneficial coming out of there. Mentally, sometimes players struggle with, with going back that step and trying to make sure they get good things done. How about you? What, were you excited to, to get to work and really work on some things to get back here? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, um, you know, obviously I was, um, I wanted to make the team. Um, didn't work out, but uh, I wasn't upset really at all. You know, I was just, it was just another opportunity to get better and be, you know, that much more ready for when the time comes. And, um, you know, I feel like I've put myself in a position now being here where I'm definitely ready. That's Bradley Zimmer, Minions outfielder. And as you heard earlier in Tribe Talk, after a slow start in his first major league game where he was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, less than 24 hours later he came back and had a huge day at the plate with an RBI double, a run scored on a single scoring from second base, showing that great speed, and then his first major league home run late in that ball game on Wednesday against Tampa Bay. So a great day for him to get a lot of those major league firsts out of the way quickly. Now, as always on Tribe Talk, we visit with James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development, with our weekly farm report. And we talked to James before the first game for Bradley Zimmer about Zimmer's call-up and what he's done at AAA to improve and be ready to get that call to the major leagues. I think he came in, at least defensively, with some intent and wanting to make his his work in center field and, and, and in right field um at a point to where he can compete at the major league level. And we, we believe that it's there. And as well as being able to hit left-handed pitching, he, he's worked really hard against that. Just had a home run the other day against a lefty that we were all really excited about. But he's, he's worked really hard um, to kind of prepare himself 
for this opportunity. Didn't think that it would come this soon, but he he worked really hard since spring training. You saw the intent that he came, some of the things that he learned from the older guys like Lonnie Tisenhall and Michael Brantley, and he took that back to AAA, and he he approached every day like a major leaguer, even though he was in AAA. And those physical tools seem to be there, but but just listening to you talk there and, and meeting him in spring training, seems like he'll be okay on the mental side of things, too. He seems very mature for being a young player. Yeah, he's a, he's a mature guy. Now, the major leagues is obviously the biggest challenge in the world for a baseball player, but getting a chance to go out there in spring training, having a little bit of success, being around the guys, I think it showed him that he fits in. So hopefully he can take this opportunity to make the most of it. Uh, we don't know how long this opportunity is going to last, but, I mean, that's that's how it goes in the, in the major league. So hopefully he can, can take advantage of the time that he's here, whether it be a long time or a short time. And you obviously see a lot of baseball at the different levels. How uncommon is it for a player of his size to combine some power and the speed that he has to, to really – be that good all-around player. Yeah, you don't see it a lot, and that's one of the things that makes him special. Is um, he's one of those guys that you don't you don't see every day, and then you put the work ethic on top of that, and you might have something a little bit special. I mean, there's only 30 teams in the in the major leagues, and and he's one of those guys. That's top one percent in the world of players. So yeah, it's it's it is it is special, but that's what we expect in the major leagues. Certainly an exciting time for, for Bradley Zimmer, as uh, he has been called up to the big club. And with some of the injuries here with the Indians, there's some movement at the lower levels to try and fill some spots, and that creates opportunities for some younger players. Uh, another outfielder that we saw a little bit toward the tail end of spring training is Connor Maribel, who started his season at Lynchburg. And because of the movement, now he's with Columbus for at least a little while. And uh, what did you see from him early in the season that has you excited? Yeah, same thing. He came in, took advantage of his opportunity in, in Lynchburg, and, and had some success there, both defensively and offensively. And he's he's a guy who's mature. I mean, he had a small injury uh, earlier in the year, worked through that, came back, and and started exactly where he left off. That put him in a, in a position that when we had a need at AAA, he was a, a name that kept coming up that we wanted to, to, to get up there to give him an opportunity for the next couple of days, whether it be a couple of days, a couple of months, to show what he can do. And I'm excited for him, and I know he's excited to be up there. All right, James, a busy time for you. I know we do this right in front of the big board that has all the players' names in the system, and there's some names moving this week. Thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy it. That's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. Always a pleasure, and we'll join you next week from back home. The Indians back home for a nice long homestand coming up. After the Reds on Wednesday and Thursday nights at Progressive Field, Kansas City will be in town next weekend, and that's where we will join you next for next week's edition of Tribe Talk. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.